And we've been doing a series called Unstuck, and I've been using Abraham as our main character, because I thought, let's reintroduce this character. He's a foundational character in the story of the Bible. So if you want to know and understand the Bible, understanding Abraham is a hugely important part. Genesis 12. Let's read there. The Lord said to Abram, is not Abraham yet, he's Abram. The Lord said to him, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. This is about the story of Abraham. And as we learned, uh, he set off with his father earlier, and he made it from Ur to Haran. I think they may have a map to show you, depending on how the computer situation is. But there's a, there's a graphic, and it shows there's like this arc. And they leave, they leave Ur, and they come to Haran, and they stop. They're stuck there. The dad dies there. His name is Terah. And so at the top of the peak there, this is where Abram is stuck. And that's where he hears this voice to go to Canaan. And this is the journey so far. Where he left was a place called Ur. And Ur um, becomes significant in this whole thing. Ur is down, as you can see, to the lower right. And this would be modern-day Iraq. Um, he gets stuck. But it's bigger, actually, than that. This story in Genesis 12 is so key, it's about getting all of humanity unstuck. Getting everything moving again, moving in the right direction. So, this is not just a simple story about a guy and his wife and the kids that they had. This is actually about moving all of humanity forward. Now, so today, I'm going to do something different. Instead of continuing the story, we followed him last week, moving down into Canaan and making sacrifices. Who was here? Who skipped? Who slept? All right, we make sacrifices. So I'm going to do um, something that they do in the Star Wars movies called the prequel. Who, like me, has ever gotten confused about Star Wars in general? Is it a prequel, a sequel, a dequel? I, I have no idea what's going on. This was, so, but basically, I'm going to just back up the tape, and this is before we even get to Abraham. And these actually are important things, because Abram's call is very huge to the whole story. It, it, it begins the nation of Israel, which leads to Christ. It, it, it leads to a, an incredible change. He's a pioneer, much like Dr. King, who we'll cycle back to at the end. He's a pioneer. He's going to start something brand new. So the prequel is you have to go back a chapter. So before we talk about Abram's call, we have to talk about the chapter before. The chapter before is a story you've heard of. More than likely, all you've heard of it. It's a story of the tower. Anybody know this one? All right, so I'm going to read it. There's, uh, I think there's nine verses. This is where you hang in there. All right? Who's hanging? Tough. All right. Genesis 11, verse 1. Um, at that time, 
they were all, the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar, and they settled there. You would think of Shinar as ancient Sumer. Sumer is the region, right, where we talked about a few weeks ago. Ur is the capital. So Sumer is this first kind of civilization. We got, we got the wheel from there. We got the hoe from there where you make a garden. We got can, uh, canals dug there. We had beer invented there. We had writing invented there. This is a major place. So this is where they were. They all had one language. And it goes on to say that they said to each other, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of, why would this matter? Well, when you can use brick, you can square it off. Anybody ever built anything? Um, like if, if you were to build with me, by the time you get to the third layer, whatever I was building would be leaning, right? So if you're going to build something, you need it to be squared off. The, the translation from stones to brick was big. And so they go from stones to brick. And they continue on. Um, then they said, let's build for ourselves a city and a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we, ready, may not, or make a name for ourselves, otherwise we will be scattered. Otherwise we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. The story goes on. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Let us go down, it says, and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. And so the Lord scattered them from there over the face of the earth, and they stopped building the city. Got the story? All right. So why does this matter? And what does it have to do with my life today? Well, they're stuck. This is the story, this is the prequel to the story of Abraham, the tower. It shows humanity stuck. Why does God seem to care if they build this tower? What does it matter? Like, who really cares how many you know, stories a building is, is that what the story is all about? If we read the story together, so this is where I'm going to teach you just for a couple minutes. I'm going to teach you. And if you read the story carefully, the clues to the story are right there within this text itself. And what we will see is in the prior chapter, chapter 10, humanity's flowing. Things are going well. So, Here's how it goes. There's the, there's the flood. There's the story of Noah. And then if they emerge from the flood, the 10th chapter of Genesis, the 10th chapter of Genesis is about the nations scattering out, spreading throughout the land. And you can see over and over and over again that they spread out. In verse 5, Genesis 10, verse 5, it talks about they spread out, right? And it says... From these, the maritime people spread out, right? And then you go down a few more verses. I think it's verse, what is it, 18? 
Um, and it says they scattered. And then you go down a few more verses, and then it says that they spread out over the earth. So this is the story. In chapter 10, they're spreading out. They're scattering. They're going about. In chapter 11, what is the tower about? Let's not spread out. Let's not scatter. The other thing that you learn in chapter 10, there's all these languages. It goes through verse by verse by verse. Chapter 10, verse 5. Hang, who's with me so far? All right. Verse 5. They have all these different languages. See? It says, each with its own, what? Language. Then it goes on. I'm somewhere around verse 18. It'll say again. They had multiple languages. Right? And then, and then it goes on. And verse 31, they had all these different languages. So, just to review, you're in the Bible, you're in chapter 10. There's all these people, they're spreading out. They have all these different languages. They're moving to all these different nations. It's all being spread out. And then you get into verse, uh, chapter 10 or 11, and they build this tower. And they say, let's not spread out. We're going to get... And you get the sense that there's some fear Let's build this. Otherwise, in verse 4, we will get scattered. The key to the whole story, the prequel to, Ad, to Abraham, is the first verse of chapter 11 where it says this. They all had one language. They had everything of common speech. Another way of saying it is, there was only really one viewpoint. And they thought the best thing they can do is homogenize. Keep everybody on the same page. Because as soon as you start to have different languages and different viewpoints and different ways of looking at things, now you have diversity. Now things start to get spread out. Now they start to get scattered. One person said, perhaps cynically, but a historian of sorts, he said that tower was built so they could stand and watch over people, making sure they didn't learn new things, didn't spread out. It was the original big brother. But certainly, whatever it was, it displeased God. And the clue is because they just didn't want to spread out. They were afraid. Perhaps it's a story about diversity. Perhaps it's a story about the importance of what true unity is. Unity is not uniformity. This is an important thing to understand. Unity is not everybody say the same thing. Everybody nod your head. Repeat after me. Repeat after me. Repeat. Re Unity is you thinking something different than you think, but we still love each other. We can still talk to each other. We can still get along. That's unity. God never wanted uniformity from the very beginning. It's all these different ver varieties and kinds of animals and languages and nations. And from the very beginning, Genesis 1, 28, Genesis 9, 1, spread out, spread out, bless the whole earth, spread out. By the way, what's Abram doing? Spreading out. Leave. Get out of here. It's the contrast to this. Put your head down and hunker down. What made it possible? The technology change made it possible. They went from stones to what? Bricks. 
Stones to bricks. The technology change made it possible for them to all hear the same language. Sound like anything you've heard of recently? It's called artificial intelligence. <laughs> it's called you will, you will be told what you want to be told because your device will now memorize the things that you sort of favor and now everything that you get fed is the stuff that you want to get fed. Huh? Everything you get fed is the stuff that you want to get fed. The technology is making it possible. Huh? I got a little girl who wants to get fed chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. So I'm a dad. I'm trying to feed her just something else. Anybody with me? But this is our culture. Our culture is getting raised on chicken nuggets. Just, just keep feeding me the same thing. This is an interesting story. It made it possible. Just everybody conform. Everybody Stick your head in. That's what gets you stuck. Because guess what? God made us different. This, by the way, this will help our society. No question. This might help your marriage. This might help you raise your kids. Because people think differently. Did you know that? People have different ideas. They have different opinions. Who here has raised more than one kid in the same house? Do you, no. What happened to this one? Right? And I go, no, we did it all the same. Because they have their own opinion. They have their own idea. And the worst mistake that we can make is to try to shove uniformity to them. And let, let the diversity, let the uniqueness that God's birthed in them flourish. This is a story about diversity. See, the key to getting unstuck, whether it's our society, which I think our society needs to get unstuck. We got to get off of this. We got to get forward. Tit for tat and fighting back and forth and digging in and sticking in and hearing your same story. You see, the story of Babel was the first echo chamber. I just want to hear the same thing I've been hearing. I want more chicken nuggets. We need to hear something different. We need diversity. Diversity is not just something that you tolerate. You start there. You have to start there. You tolerate. You, you, first of all, you just have to experience. One of the great problems that we have in our society is we haven't experienced enough diversity. And most people will tell you when they make a move in their life that they start to experience different viewpoints, different cultures, different skin colors, different whole different nationalities and ways of thinking about life. And then their eyes start to open up. They say, wow, there's a lot more here. I mean, I make fun of Charlie, but I pretty much grew up on pizza. You know, variety for me was a donut. And I, I didn't grow up on vegetables and all these things people talk about today. I have no idea what risotto is. <laughs> I was pretty like a little monochromatic kind of a diet. I mean, this was, but a lot of us, we, have, we know what we know. You see, the story was about let's all just hunker down and just stay within what we believe and what we know. Don't let, and it was all fear-driven. Otherwise, we'll get scattered. 
Verse 4, otherwise we'll get scattered. Now when you see Abram leaving, you go, wow. He was a pioneer. He left that. He believed there was more. You see, you need someone else's viewpoint. Sir, you need your wife's offside. That's what, that's what attracted you to her. I know, but she cries about everything. <laughs> Isn't it funny? It's like we want you to be different, but we really don't. It's also a control thing. I want to control it. I want to control when you cry. I want to control how you feel about this. You can't do that, bro. Can I give you some free, in fact, you should put extra in the offering for this advice right now. <laughs> quit trying to do that. Just quit trying to do that. Don't, don't, you can't force that. I mean, we all try. We want everyone to think about life the way we think about it. Cry when we cry. Laugh when we laugh. We want to force people to be like us, but that's not how God made it. And this will wreck society, but it will wreck your own family. You have to allow for that. And not only allow it, but then you, ready? You can learn from it. I can learn from someone that's different than me? No, no, because I already know everything. I already got my, my device told me I do. Yeah, you can learn. You can learn from someone that completely disagrees with you. And maybe the most important thing is that's what we're missing. We got to learn from each other. If you, if you shut it down, if you hunker in with your team, if you get your team in your tower, then you're never going to experience the incredible diversity of Genesis 10 it is an ode to diversity. It's a plethora of languages, and it, it, when you read it, you're going to skip over it because it's got all these names you can't pronounce, but, you know, that's the beauty. All these things that you didn't know. We were with some friends the other day. We were talking about scuba diving and snorkeling. Anybody? Hmm? Well, I know. We're in Michigan. What are you talking about, Chris? It's January. But if you've ever had the experience, you know, to go down and to see the, the, the incredible diversity of colors at a coral reef somewhere, you know how much God loves diversity. You know, oh, it's just in the fabric. And in fact, that's the thing that makes your heart pound. And now you keep seeing more and more. They find more and more and more species. We can't even begin, we can't even begin to get our finger on the pulse of how diverse all of, all of uh, creation is. This story, the tower, is about getting stuck. There's only one way of talking. One, quote, language. And Abram had to get everyone back to unstuck. Hmm. Here's an interesting thing. In chapter 10, there's name after name after name. So if you read the Bible through, anybody, or tried, okay, you, you get to this, and let's just be honest, you go. So, like, why would I read all these names? Here's an interesting thing. When you read the story of the tower... There are no names mentioned. There's no names. 
And then you get to the next chapter, and the names pick up again. In fact, at the end of the story of the tower, just, just, this is just for grins for those of you that are into this stuff. The end of the story of the tower, the next verse says, this is the account of Shem. There's a name, Shem. One, two, three. Shem. Do you know what it means in Hebrew? Name. What does it say? We will make a name for ourselves. What's this whole story about? There's all these names, and then there's, there's no names. Why? Because when you stick your head down, you lose your individuality. You lose your name. You lose it. God made you to be so incredibly unique. There's one you. There's no names here. There's no names in this story. It's everybody just stick your head down, follow the company line. Anybody ever been in an organization and you didn't even believe in it, but you needed the money? Isn't that a terrible place? I mean, I've been there. Look, just stick your head down, follow the company line, lose your individuality, lose your, lose your uniqueness. It's as if in this story, we just miss it, but it's in this story, Genesis 11, after the whole story of the Tower of Babel, and there's no names, he starts off, this is the account of the man named Name. Whack, whacks you over the head. This is how you get a name. And what was the call of Abraham? I will make your name great. You. Now look here. Don't let anybody round off your edges. Huh? Don't any, let anybody sandpaper you down. God made that little knot on your head. God made that little kink in your personality. God made you that way. God made your, your, your mind, your, your thoughts, your inner desires, they're all there. And I'm not saying that we, we don't have some all growing to do. We all have tons of growing to do. But don't lose your shape. Don't lose the unique way that God made you. Societies would like to stick us down so that we lose who we are. I, I wrestled with this for a long time for myself. I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you, how are you a kid from Flint, you know, that grew up boxing and, and trying to prove himself by fighting and then you become a pastor, but you don't fit in with the pastors because you don't talk in King James English. And you, you, you personally think most of the pastors you met were a little different. Like, not that, I, just, I wouldn't hang out with any of them. And how do you, so you think I, I, I have to become like, I have to become like them? Or can, can I be me? Can you be you? This is a story about don't lose your identity. Be unique. We need this. It needs to be more than black or white. It needs to be more than left or right. It needs to be more than this or that. Can I say also, not only be unique, but could you let other people be unique? Let that kid in your house be unique. Let that neighbor, the quirky one, 
Let your spouse be unique. Let other people have a different opinion than you without assuming that they're bad or evil or broken. Stay on the program of Abraham, of going out to bless. Going out to bless. Are you leaving us? Are you deserting us? No, I'm just going out to bless. I think Abraham wanted to be back to the diversity celebration. I think what would help us get unstuck so much is if we allowed and celebrated diversity. Here's the thing I should end with. You know, this is really just about getting, this is as old as it gets, getting out of your comfort zone. Hey, we got we to build a tower. I mean, there's no stopping us. We just, I mean, it, it's not comfortable when someone challenges your viewpoint. It's not comfortable when someone um, cries when you're laughing. It's not comfortable when you, you just experience differences. But it's okay. It makes us all richer. It makes us all better. I'm going to close with the story, then we're going to share the Lord's Supper. But um, see, I, I'm not even following my own advice because this morning, um, Vicki had to come early for service to help with the team. And so I was back home um, wrapping up my notes and getting Charlie ready some yogurt, some banana bread, and getting her dressed. <laughs> it was the dressed part. I do breakfast every morning, it's the dressed part that through us. So she's got this little outfit, and you can pick what you want. So I picked out, you know, a little skirt that looked like it was Christmassy, snowy, the snowing. I'm, I'm on fire. I mean, I got a nice sweater. It was, they were attached. The plastic was one, does anybody know what I'm talking about? So I couldn't go wrong. They were connected. The plastic things were connected. I was on fire, right? Until, and it has little leg warmers that go with it, until we got to the leg warmers, because the other day she wore leg warmers, and this is a very, you know, this is a very Christmassy outfit, and the leg warmers that she wore the other day were hot pink and purple, and those are the ones she wanted. And so what did I do? I said, no, we're building a Tower of Babel, baby. You are conforming to the other leg warmers. You will not wear pink and purple leg warmers with this beautiful Christmas outfit. From the beginning, I went crying. I want my leg warmers. The cry, listen, the cry to be unique, that's stamped by God in you. Don't give that up. Don't let go of that. Dr. King gave us something. Celebration of diversity. Not just toleration. Celebration. That we can love it. We can learn from it. We can grow from it. Do you know God's still tearing down towers today? God tore down them 
big tower using Dr. King, the center of power that can't be altered. I think Jesus tore down a tower in his day. If you ever read in Colossians, it talks about he disarmed the powers, the people in power at that day. He just tore them down. How? Did Jesus tear down the powers, the people in power? How did he strip the people of their, of their might? By making fun of them? By using a sword? No. Colossians says this. He disarmed them by the cross. Soft power. The same exact power that Dr. King used. People gazed on the cross. And you see what Christ did. It has a softening power to your heart. It was the same image Dr. King said. When they see people turn the hoses and the dogs, it's going to affect their heart. I know it'll work. And it worked for Jesus. And it worked for Dr. King. And that same soft power will work today. That's what the cross is about. Disarming the power, taking down the towers. We always want to come at things from a position of power. Vicky was telling me the other day, she's like, we're talking about one of the boys. She goes, I, I was thinking about overpowering him, but I decided not to. <laughs> any, any parent know what I'm talking about? There's other ways to come at things. That's the way of the cross. So, in honor of Christ, and in memory of Dr. King, and in celebration, in celebration of the way you tear down the towers. I, I tried to do a little, it was a little teachy today, but hang in there, I want to do one more. Because the guys who wrote these things, now this wasn't just shoddy work. This wasn't the skip over, this was very intentional stuff. In verse 3, the humans say, let us bake bricks. And then in verse 4 they say, let us build a city. Let us, let us. And then in verse 7, God says, let us go take a look at this. It's twice the human intention and one of God's. Who wins? God wins. I leave you with this. God always wins. Good always wins. Always. Don't buy into the fear. Don't buy into these people are going to do this and they, they're getting, it doesn't matter. Let them repeat themselves. God wins. Good always wins. How do you defeat evil? It says you overcome it with good. You just overcome it with good. Good always wins. Don't buy into fear and despair. Buy into, this is the story of the cross. It looked at its worst. And we realized that was the point of victory. Do you see it? The cross looked like the low point on the outside, but if you peeked underneath the hood, this was the point of victory. This is where Christ won.